FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome once again to the podcast that goes snicked. Nick. We are your host, Jason, Dan, and Georgie, the latter two from the Excaliburs. Hey guys. Yo. What's up? I guess I could say I was on Excaliburs, so not just the latter two all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully next time you'll be on during a better set of issues. Sorry right. about that. Well, issue. hey, I, I cannot say anything because we're about to talk about... <laughs> the end of the Uncanny Weekly version. Um, and we have an annual and then a couple other books, but, you know, not not as much to talk about this week. Um, I guess we'll, uh, we'll kind of get to that when we get to that, but uh, how are you guys doing? I'm all good. Good. I'm getting over a bit of a cough, so if uh, I, my apologies in advance if, if I, I catch any coughs on mic. Okay. Well, I will only find you um, 50 cents per cough. Okay, deal. <laughs> it's a discount rate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, so Uncanny, the weekly experiment is wrapping up. And that's, yeah. And then we have the return of a major character. <laughs> <laughs> just the way you phrased that it was so like <laughs> oh my <laughs> I'm not going to lie I'll, I'll be very transparent with the listeners the content of this episode is going to depend largely on how we kind of interact spur of the moment because I have so few thoughts on the X-Books for January that it's kind of scary um, but we're going to talk about it anyway or at least attempt to um so I guess let's start with the last three issues of Uncanny X-Men, the weekly version. I mean, number 11 will pick up with a, what, quadruple-sized issue? At least it's quadruple-priced, it feels like. Um, yeah. I... But before we can get to that, we'll, I will roast, lampoon, praise that when it comes out, but... um. Right now, we got to talk about issues 8 through 10. And these are all, of course, written by our, our Uncanny Brain Trust, Matthew Rosenberg, Kelly Thompson, and Ed Brisson. Um, so number 8 <clears throat> is penciled by R.B. Silva with inks by Adriano De Benedetto, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, letters by V.C.'s Joe Caramagna, and then cover by Giuseppe Camincoli, Roberto Poggi, and Guru Effects. That's probably Poggi. But anyway. Um, number nine. Number nine. Uh, art by Yodre Sinar. I think everything else is the same. And then number ten is going to be art by Pere Perez. And everything else is the same. What do you guys think of this trio of covers from Cam and Coley? Ugly. Really? Um, okay. Is that the, the Bishop one I really don't like at all. Um, <laughs> wow, this is great. We get to disagree. We don't do that very often on the show. I really like the Bishop one. <laughs> oh, but it's just... I don't know. I, just, I like Bishop for the one-dimensional is he a bad guy, is he a good guy, whatever the... <laughs> And phrase them. But I just, I don't know, I just look at it and I'm like, meh, meh. Fair I just, enough. I don't like it at all. I just don't like it. I think um, the colour work on it's nice. I just don't like the way it looks. Um, aside from that. And I just, because um, are they all mimicking old X-Men covers? Because it feels like they're all mimicking old X-Men covers in some way. Oh, um, I don't know. But um, I just, and I definitely don't like the Legion X-Man hybrid, everyone's having a fit in the background um, fun cover and 
I'm sure the last one isn't the last one the fall of mutants front cover. Oh yes, very similar with a pile of yeah. So so number eight has Bishop being blasted and then redirecting the energy in front of a brick wall. Um, number nine has Legion making an X with his eyeballs and various X Men in distress in the red background. And then number ten is uh, Jesus X walking on the beach with a pile of X-Men below his feet. Except is, for Bishop, who's thrown out into the water to drown, I guess. Yeah, I guess oh so. Oh my god, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> and his gun floats. It must be a water gun. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, well, so we're on different sides of the covers. I wonder if that'll play into the our opinions on the comics. Hmm. We'll see. Um, so remember when we left off? Oh, I'm sorry, Georgie. What do you think of the covers? You can be the tiebreaker. Oh, I'm I'm very much in the meh uh, side of things. I'm not really liking any of these. They're more like the the forgettable to me than like I think they're terrible. It's it's just like that was a cover, I guess. I I won't. <laughs> I won't remember it and think like, oh, that was awful, but I also won't think back on it and be like, oh, right. that was a great cover. I'll be like, oh, I guess that was a cover. Yeah. Sure. You, you will not deny that the cover exists. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> won't be like, what was it when uh, back in the old days and they would return issues and rip the covers off and send them back to the, the publisher? Right. Um, <laughs> that's not one of these situations. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so our weekly series. Um, there was a guy, and his name was uh, Mister X Man, and he didn't like the world that he came to because it was better than his old world, but still not perfect. And that's really the gist of it, right? It's not perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he decides to recreate the world. The X Men want to stop him. And they try to stop him by sending him inside Legion. That's kind of where we pick up. But unfortunately, Mr. X-Man is so strong that he takes over Legion and becomes X-God, like O-M-X. Um, and they, they fight some stuff. Oh, he has Horsemen of Salvation. And since Psylocke freed Angel against his will... He takes Storm instead, and they combine all the powers of all the telepaths, um, and they're able to pry Legion and Mr. X-Man apart, um, but it doesn't do any good because Mr. X-Man traps Jean Grey inside his white hot head, and they argue, and then they hug, but it's a fake and sincere hug, and so he blows everything up and makes the X-Men die but he doesn't really kill him we'll find out he sends him to like a different place but then this vaccine which was talked about in issue one and then mostly forgotten um is distributed to all the world and there's no more mutants but there's a guy in a hoodie with red glasses who's probably cyclops well i mean he is cyclops mm-hmm. wow so that's wow. eight through ten <laughs> So I guess what we can do is before we grade the issues and move on to the annual, um, why don't we kind of go issue by issue and talk about what we did or didn't like? Just a couple of highlights apiece. How does that sound? Or lowlights? Okay. <laughs> or you know whatever else. Why don't y- y'all talk about whatever you want to talk about? <laughs> Someone caved really fast there. <laughs> I don't want you. If y'all have something really cool to say, let's let's get it out there. Well, I will say that uh, I'm not really a fan of any of these issues. However, at least uh, uh, issue eight out of the four that we're talking about had the best artwork. Not that. Yeah. I wouldn't say th- this is actually not the best silver stuff we've we've had, but uh, even so, was better than the other issues. So yes. there's that. I would agree. No, I thought um, I thought for what he was asked to do, some of Sine's art was better than maybe it's been. Um, 
the unfortunate thing about these issues, there's so many huge group shots. In artists, I mean, that's not really where artists shine and make their, their money is seeing how many heads and bodies they can cram into a panel. So it's kind of unfortunate that these three issues have a lot of that. Um, so no artists really get... There's a couple of nice one-page splashes, though, uh, through each issue. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I like that... Uh, or actually... So why... What do y'all think about Anol being the guy that steals the vaccine and turns it over to the public? That kind of bothered me a little bit. I don't even want to talk about it. It's just okay. it's the worst. No, it's just like the worst. Why couldn't it have been Glob? Because that would make more sense. Because it's, right. it's not the gay kid that's completely fine with his mutation. He's randomly gone 180 to uh, now hate himself. And handing over basically weaponized AIDS to the government like a naive idiot. Um, yeah. It just it doesn't read very well at all. It's not a great... But because Brisson loves Glob, and he is now like the be-all and end-all of all the young X-Men, um, <laughs> we were actually get... Like, I would have had anyone, Pixie, anyone. I just wouldn't have... I would not have picked the character that's fine with his mutation and the gay character um, handing over things to make people cured... It, it doesn't, it, yeah, it doesn't, it's not. That, that's the plot point that should be erased from history. I baby would be Cable fine can, with that. Baby Cable can do some good, maybe, at some point. <laughs> for, all the ba- for all the baddies done. Right. <laughs> do some good. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's obviously, uh, I don't, I mean, insensitive is not the word I'm looking for, but it's just such a bad choice. Uh to, to use the null, but also we've had this like disease cure thing. I don't know, like eight times already. Can we move on to something new? And was this time Beast made it? Because that's is he just evil now? Has he been well, evil for ages? I don't think he was making. I think he hints at it wasn't like a cure. He was doing research into things that I don't know, and then uh, uh, Anoli took his early research and handed it over to the government. So it wasn't necessarily him trying to cure, but him looking into. I'm How not many exactly. Times? How just... many times has Beast gone wrong in the last like twenty? Oh years? yeah, yeah. Right. It's just super reckless. Oh yeah. Poor Beast. He used Poor to be lovable, and now he's just like committing genocide yeah. or whatever it is these times. So I know with the, um, I, mean, I guess we're just, these these guys must have liked X-Men Gold a lot more than we did. But what kind of topsy-turvy world is it where between Team Kitty and Team Bishop, I'm on Team Bishop? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand at all. He's the one that's like, you know, maybe we shouldn't sacrifice the kids. Maybe we yes. should, you know. Oh. Protect what them kind of and come up with a plan after we save them. And he's like, what, oh, nah. <laughs> what kind of conversation are we having in an X-Men book where they're talking about letting children die? Right. Like, I was like, where? how far have we... I know, I suppose you could argue that it, it, it falls into X-Men's sort of idea of the X-Men being agents of destruction rather than agents of um, salvation. Um, but it's so horrible. And the fact that the kids are being tortured, essentially, inside Thingy's mind, and they're going to, like, oh, well, if we kill X-Men here, it'll be fine. Um, they've <laughs> gone, like, mental and brutal because the Age of Apocalypse makes people go evil or whatever. <laughs> I'm just like, it's just too much. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not even just that they're kids. I don't feel like the X-Men just go, well, these other X-Men are sacrificial. It does, yeah. that's, they... they they signed on the line. They knew they were going to be sacrificed at some point. So this is just what we do as X-Men. Yeah. That doesn't but feel... it's not. It's yeah, not exactly. everyone they do. They almost always like risk making the wrong decision in order yeah. to protect <laughs> each other. Like, that's what the X-Men do. Like, they say, we'll, we'll figure it out after we save everybody and, and hope we don't screw up too bad. Right? <laughs> but exactly. no, now they're, they're like, oh, well, we got to do this. So sorry, everybody that dies. We'll, we'll write nice cards to your parents. 
Well, they are fighting. Thanks for sending your kids to our school. They're dead now. Have Have you ever listened to Welcome to Night Vale, the podcast? I don't think so. No. It's a It's like a community radio show in like a um, Twilight Zone sort of universe, and uh, they have a a number of interns at the radio show, and they almost every episode another one of them gets killed in some sort of mishap. (laughs) And they're, they're just like, to the parents of so-and-so, we right. appreciate... Yeah, that's what it feels like here. That's funny. There's a moment where they should be with Apocalypse fighting side by side with them. Maybe they should do the whole, are we the bad guys now? Um, <laughs> right. Moment. Cause... Yeah. And like, why does why does Psylocke have to like shove a giant sword into his head what, <sighs> not, I don't not like a more subtle way of doing what she's yes doing? I don't I don't think it's the right thing to do here I do think that's really cool imagery um, and I do want especially from Silva's perspective really likes seeing Psylocke's new costume in action I think it's, it's turned out really well that's kind of one of the bright spots for me um, and I know Dan, you're probably like, uh, oh, why are they making her like a knight? But I kind of like the sword and the shield. Um, I don't, I don't mind the sword and the shield. It's the constant use of bloody and whatever other. Yes, <laughs> right. Like she could, she could, she could wield a cup of tea for all I care as her weapon. Right. Um, as long as she didn't, as long as she doesn't sound like Claremont um, having a <laughs> Captain Britain off with another Captain Britain. Um, right. Soon she'll be saying "Struth," and we we know how we know how dark that rabbit hole goes. Yeah. Yes. So I have I have like a continuity question. Uh, not to really go on that rabbit hole. It's not getting answered in this comic, but go ahead. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so Bishop says that he was in the Age of Apocalypse timeline and came back. Um, and I I only kind of bring this up because the writers here really profess their love for Age of Apocalypse. But in, in, in that series, the bishop that goes in, into Age of Apocalypse gets killed at the end. So I'm wondering, did they not really pay attention to the story they professed to love? Or well, doesn't, doesn't he go back later? Oh, and he sacrifices himself at the end. Well, right. No, but I mean, after, like, later, later. Like, after well, that's what I'm wondering. Does, it, does yeah. another bishop go into the Age of Apocalypse later on after that? I'm not going to swear to it, but that sounds familiar. Okay. It could just be, it could have just been like, let's just not leave our kids inside his mind because that's insane. Um, that's mental. Why would we even? Because, like, even that, he doesn't, have to, he doesn't even have to say it's a terrible place. He'd just be like, the dude's got our uh, other team members inside his head. Maybe we should do something before murdering right. him. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? As if Bishop Bishop has come out on top as the only character who sounds like an X-Man. Um, <laughs> after, after after he went traveling through time trying to kill a child. Um, this is mental. Mental. Yeah, I mean, this, this, this series has made me feel like Legion is a well, <laughs> like a reasonable character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I do like the number nine that the multiple men just bailed on the whole thing and that sequence of, of Legion X punching him in the face over and over again and nothing happening, I thought was pretty fun. And that was one of the highlights of the, these issues for me. Sure. Comedy. You need comedy. <laughs> right. I kind of want to like, see this this uh, right. go ahead, sorry. Right, I have a continuity question. When was Jamie Madrox so hated? Exactly. Like, like I know they didn't like love him, but with Peter David, when Peter, Peter David did uh, his most recent X Factor, like he was respected because he had forged all of the stuff he had done. But here he's just a joke. Like he'd only just turned up. <laughs> it's really weird. It's a weird. It's like it's just weird. It's just a weird. They directly call him like very incompetent, like yeah, of course, what an idiot. Sort of uh, uh when they when they talk about him, I don't think of him that way. I mean, he's died, I don't know, four times now, something like that, officially. Right. But um, I never thought of him as Mister Incompetent. 
Like, well, he's a bit like, but everyone that Rosenberg writes is a lovable loser. Right. So. Right. I mean, if he if you look at the most recent X Men book, then yeah, I guess he's incompetent. But that's very different than I don't know what thirty years of history of the character. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then uh, you have the point, the part where Kitty saves the senator from apocalypse and says something that I really like is what X Men do. We're heroes, senator, for everyone, you know, except for our, our kids. <laughs> <laughs> We're only heroes when it's a good mouthpiece. Um, yeah, publicity stunts at all mm. times. Yeah. So my turn to ask a question: all Who right. is the guy with like? The lion-o hair and the swords Kylan. and the long... What? It's Kylan. He's from Excalibur. Oh, okay. So you'll see him. You'll see him, and so will Georgie at some point. Okay. I was like, cool. holy shit. When I saw him, I thought, oh, God, we're going to get this ex-officer's interpretation of Excalibur, aren't we? Um, <laughs> that could be the worst thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, wow, Kylo. Awesome. I imagine, or Kylan, I assume he's literally not going to be in he's just going to be in the background getting beaten up like he usually does which I was right <laughs> yeah oh I forgot to mention um, so we had the break of our logo from the uh, the Stan Lee Memorial but they broke that off so you could get the great Roman numeral part of 2019 mm-hmm. where we get our X-Men disassembled part 10 with the X-Men logo yeah they were really building up to that. Do you think uh, – I'm pretty sure history is going to remember that, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. History will remember the theories. <laughs> right. That time that we did the X-Men logo for part 10, um, yeah. Whoa. Did um, – so looking at that giant group shot at the end of issue – I don't know, what's this, nine? Nine, um, okay. People in costumes. Firestar go back to his old costume. You mean Sunfire. I'm oh, sorry, Sunfire go back to his old costume. Um, I think like a like a kind of the helmet, the, the face mask doesn't look right. But I think he went back to the stripes in a Remender's run. I think. Okay. But I'm not sure about the merman mask. Yeah, that seemed like. Uh, oh, wait a second. Um, that was a surprise. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, who knows when the last time these guys read read Sunfire. And then the other question in this giant page of people is, who's the cowboy in white with the machine gun? Oh, Dr. Uh, Nemesis, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, um, we're all complaining about certain things. My complaint complaint, um, uh, is that flying characters are upset by an earthquake. That's my complaint. <laughs> but I, I don't even think I caught that. <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> it's in, it's in, it's in um, issue number, nine. Number it's when, oh. nine, when he's separating whatever he's doing, and everyone's like, oh no, earthquake. And I'm like, five of you can fly? Oh, so many of you, like, this wouldn't be a problem. Um, so, like, what continuity have we got here? Because the Stefford Cuckoos, are they not evil anymore? Right. Are they not like confident? Well, the three, or... yeah, because the three good ones, and um, that should kind of make sense because the three that are left after the X-23 story are new, at least the worst they are is neutral. Because um, they got rid of the evil sister uh, helping Laura and Gabby. And then Gabby's been trying to like reach out to him and you know help him like find the good in themselves again. So I'm okay with them being there. And as, I have as a question. X23 fan. <laughs> has has Magna Magma um, lost a hand or an arm or part of her arm? <laughs> she's been amputated. Yeah. And um, Beak's head is uh, intense. Um, was this just an excuse to basically have Maggot at the front of a of a group of an X Men group shot? I feel like this was. Uh, I guess so. Because yeah, to I mean, be fair, it's it's more just bait. Like, look, favorite characters they're going to be in the next episode, episode issue, episode but whatever. Yeah. But the they'll all die. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> 
So I was interested to see if we're jumping into issue 10 now. Uh, you know, Cannonball get like a little bit of a, a feature, at least uh, some dialogue. I thought that was a nice page with like showing the way he zigzagged around. I thought that was pretty cool. But my question is, uh, he gets like knocked the heck out and uh, he's like bleeding profusely. And then right. his sister Paige comes up to, to see him. Where has she been? I don't know. She's still is she still teaching? Because um, Jason know. Aaron, I remember. Jason Aaron broke her as a character, didn't, didn't yes. he? Um, yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, he, he ruined her as a character, and then oh, okay. is she still is she still was well, she still teaching at the, she seems fine now. Um, um, I like that she's got a cape. Um, sure. But I just saw this Sam being, you know, this Sam falling thing was just, uh, oh, we have to make sure that people know why he's in uh, uh, um, X-Force. Because um, X-Force is set after this, if you don't remember when you read it. Um, <laughs> right. I, no, I right. forgot all about that book, thank God. <laughs> so I just I just read it and was like, oh, it's the obligatory cannonball's not dead. He got teleported away. Yay. But Pixie has to come back and also get ended like the rest of them there. Um, yeah. I forgot how powerful Storm was. Storm, Storm was pretty powerful. Yeah, it was nice but... to see. I don't... And I'm glad that she's able to kind of break the control mostly on her own or does Psylocke have to stab her? I forget. It's 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 rehashing the 90s. So Psylocke oh, Psylocke yeah. Rattle that's a cool panel, though, of Psylocke slicing her through the head. I uh, feel like it's going to be a recurring theme. Um, of her slicing you know, people through the head? <laughs> when Jim Lee was doing it, and it was Psylocke, yeah. and every other, other panel was her uh, yeah. focused totality being stabbed into someone's head. Right. Um, I feel like we're going to get something to that extent. Yeah. <laughs> what do you all think of... Uh... The multiplying tentacles from Omega Red. You can just regrow them, huh? Yeah, I guess so. I didn't know that. Well, that's that supposed to be living, right? I didn't think so, but who knows what what X God did? I don't know. What do you think of Storm's hip shields? I hate that. I don't want to say I don't like the Omega Red one either. I thought it was kind of funny. So mm-hmm. it gets a couple of points, but Storm's Salvation Horseman costume is the worst of the bunch, I think. I kind of hate it. Yeah, it is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like looking at So it. we kind of glossed over it last time, and it comes into play a little bit this time. Um, what do we think about the way that Psylocke freed Archangel to get him back like out of X-Man's control. Didn't she just stab him in the head? Well, yeah, but she made Archangel like he and X-Man had like purged him somehow of the Archangel persona, and the only way to get him back was to like re-engage that or something. I don't... So, this is super contradictory, because there was the annual Uh where X... X had taken over Phantom X's body, right? And then he comes right. back to see the original members, and he, like, gave them all gifts at the end of the issue. And right. one of the gifts was, like, finally heal uh, Warren from his Archangel thing. Yeah, and, but that doesn't count. Well, uh, sure. I mean, so that happened, <laughs> and then, then Betsy, like, undid that just to, like, undo it again for health purpose? Because ever since... He regrew those bloody metal wings. They, they just can't help but have him be some sort of schizophrenic. Yeah, dual it's personality. Back and forth. Can't they just have him as Warren and I have wish. the metal wings? Is that not? I is wish. that not okay? Because like, it can only be done good once, and it's it's been done many yeah. times. Yeah, all the rest is rehash. Yeah, it it's is. like they they can't make up their mind. We're gonna have him be Warren. But then here's this other writer who wants Archangel, crazy Archangel back. But then maybe he's kind of worn still. But no, he's Archangel again just because of plot. I don't... It, it... it makes as much sense as X-Man creating a rainbow above his hand. 
for no apparent <laughs> reason. Generally, I don't, I don't know. The thing, right? So the thing is, if I would like to talk about the art, is I feel like the uh, issue eight is the strongest with art, but it's the worst Silver's been. And I feel like this is the worst I've seen um, Perez's art in in a long time. It, it, all of them seem pretty rushed. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, the, also what they're asked to do is not conducive to great art. Like there's so much jammed in everywhere. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard to draw that really cool. Um, I'm not trying to give them a, a like let them off the hook, but I can't imagine these are easy scripts to draw through. Well, you make a good point, Jason. Just flipping through here, there's so much going on in every panel here. Like, eight characters in every panel. Yeah. It's, it's too much. There's, you know, the big problem for me with these issues is, like, so much just, like, happens that and none of it really matters. It, it feels kind of pointless. It's all just, like, jumbled together, and is, there's no real pacing. It's just, like... Big thing, big thing, big thing, big thing, big thing, and none of it matters. <laughs> so, like, what what was the point? It'd be better to actually have real character moments or, like, a flow of a story, but it's just, like, big explosion after explosion. And, and right. then they, they, hang, they hang issue 10 on a conversation, which they had in, a, in Uncanny X-Men 1. Practically the same conversation, but X-Men was pretending to be a woman then. Right, um, right. It's just like <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason to like his plan is his plan is his plan is sound. It's basically just every psycho evil person's I'm going to change the reality plan. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's like what Pietro did in House of Bam. It's like what Legion was going to do. It's basically what everyone does to do every alternate reality. Right. Um, and that's fine. But you've got this massive battle, but they clearly realise that they've overpowered Nate with the apocalypse life seed. So now he's like, because he's dying, now he's super powerful. So they're just like, well, it's kind of boring to watch. When really, visually, they could have um, streamlined the panels and had specific, unique teams fight him in different sets of action set pieces. Which, sure. And you could puncture those action pieces with the conversation of Gene by having Gene taken into his mind in ish- at the end of issue nine, as opposed to, you know what I mean? And it would have made them more... But, um, but it had to be 10 issues so they could do the Circle X. Well, no, you can still have your 10, 10 issues. <laughs> I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking more like you could puncture the... Because the fight just ends, and then they talk, and then he just ends it. And it's like, well... well it's like, George, what's the point of getting invested? What was the point of any of these chapters when literally nothing relates to each other? And at the very end, you just go, everyone's gone. Uh, the media's erased the X-Men's achievements. Mutant secured. Um, Cyclops, goodbye. Um, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it could have done it in five issues. Five issues and it would have been fine. So here's the, uh, let me, my last question. Because I didn't read every single... Uh, I got... I got... <laughs> I got drained. So, like, at the end, with all these boxes explaining, I was like, oh, uh uh-oh. I don't want to read all this garbage. Did they cure people here? I don't know if they cured existing mutants that volunteered, but it's like a mandatory vaccine going forward, so Mm -hmm. no more mutants can be born. But it sounds like they definitely cured some people. I'm really curious whether, you know, every mutant they found was like, you know, forced with the the shot, <laughs> you know, I like held down, restrained, and and shot up with the vaccine, or and they just let people come in voluntarily. But it sounds like, like in this world, um, you know, you would get that, like your kid would get the anti mutant vaccine, like when they get the anti, you know, smallpox vaccine or whatever. Right. So. So then the the like, newspaper says no more. X-Men, so so the luckily, um. What's her name? What's the lady's name? The blonde lady that used to do Playboy. Um, oh, Jenny McCarthy. Jenny, Jenny, yeah, yeah. Her kids will still be mutants because she doesn't do vaccines. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, 
the, the anti-mutant vaccine will give your, your kids, uh, what is it, Alzheimer's or something. Right. According right. to her, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, yeah, so let's just let's well, see what this is. This was 10 issues to set us up yeah. for the Age of X-Men event and for Cyclops and Wolverine to pull the X-Men back to reality. Yeah, and that's it was it was basically an event as set up to event, which is my least favorite kind. Exactly. <laughs> it's marketing for more marketing of stuff. Yeah, it's the it's the X snake eating itself. Yeah. Uh, what, what was the plan? Like, that's the, that's all I can think of. What was what was the idea here? Like you bring in no matter what we think of the free writers um, or you bring in three people who have got a name for themselves have some, you know, some have more legitimacy than others and, like, a bigger fan following and such forth. Um, you bring them in on the flagship title to write 10 issues and then they're disseminated off. Like, it, Thompson's, uh, Kelly, Kelly, uh, Thompson's gone from all of the books apart from the only book that didn't even have anything to do with Uncanny, which was Mr. and Mrs. X. You've got, oh, praise the Lord for that. Yes. Yeah. We got we got Brisson Brisson doing his own thing in X Force, and which actually is contradicted. Weirdly, the motivations of Young Cable in X Force are contradicted by the annual, um, <laughs> and, which he wrote. And 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 you've got Rosenberg writing what he wants to write, which was I just want to write Cyclops and Wolverine because I really want to write the X Men, um, and that's it. It just seems mind boggling. And then you, you just jump straight from this 10-issue disassembled thing as if you could recapture Avengers disassembled in the first place. And you throw us into Age of... They literally have copied almost beat for beat what the Avengers did near the turn of the millennium before when Bendis took over, where they disassembled mm. them, reassembled them, and then sent them into an alternate reality in quick succession. Um, <laughs> it's insane. It's just well, I don't know. And it worked that, for the Avengers, so. Then you have then you have the self congratulatory like wank fest that are the, the letters <laughs> the, the letters at the end of every single bloody issue where it's like oh I'm the best person ever look at what the X Men X Men stuff I do oh that's how I assume White speaks um, <laughs> and it just I don't know it just it just leaves a really even people who defended this book to like a knife edge, who would just die on that hill by like issue five, by issue ten, everyone, the entire like sea of X fans, are like, mm, it's, it's crap, isn't it? It's, it's crap. <laughs> and I've I've never seen such a universal sort of shift in consensus that like this book has done. Oh right, it was, yeah. Like, all over the place. People hated it. People loved it. And then all of a sudden. From from issue eight onwards, or maybe from the issue when the kids were in Age of Apocalypse, and that was such a weird moment in time. But everyone basically was like, "Yeah, this is the euphoria is gone now um, <laughs> of having Uncanny X Men back. This is bad. This is this is really bad." Um, I don't know. I just don't understand why you'd even bring it back to then just throw it away and then have an Edge Lord Morlock. Not more like warlock infested team of X Men to carry on your uncanny X book with your <laughs> lightning. They even copied Avengers there with the lightning in the fucking background and the shadowed characters. Bastards. <laughs> Sorry, rant, no, rant no. Over. It's just if I can add on, it feels like everything they're doing here is a rehash of old things that other teams or other X books have done. They're gonna do their own Age of Apocalypse kind of thing happening. Uh, they've uh, it sounds like they've removed a number of mutants, so there's only a certain number of mutants again. So I guess their sort of House of M reclassification of cutting down on mutants again. Um, I don't. They have a new team of event. Um, I mean, of X Men, um, <laughs> like <laughs> a darker, modern times kind of version. It's... Uh, I, I'm just so glad it's over. That's all I can really say right now. Yeah, me too. Me too. I hope. I just I read. I didn't realize that Uncanny was 
only going to take off every other week. <laughs> like, it's still going to be twice a month. Is it? Yes. Oh. Yay. Oh. <laughs> I hope there's a laser focused on Kenny now. Now that all the chaff's out of the way and Rosenberg is allowed to tell what he clearly wants to tell, which is right. Let's thing. let's see what he actually wants to do because I don't think we've really gotten there yet. Um, because, is this not wrapping up all? Is this not wrapping up all of his other stuff? We had ten issues, but we didn't get to what he wanted to tell. <laughs> Red, X Men Red went through a whole storyline, like in a like. <laughs> A circle of a story from start to end in eleven right. issues. Yeah, this had ten issues of longer uh, page counts as well, and he didn't tell anything he wanted to tell. This is this is all bloat. This is the the these ten issues of Uncanny are the, the turkey neck on a fat guy. Um, <laughs> pull quote. <laughs> <laughs> right, put it on the slap that on the trade. <laughs> So I feel like um, what we're going to get with Uncanny is we're going to get the continuation of his New Mutants, uh, Dead okay. Souls book, uh-huh. and his Marvel Man story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all. Jam that with Cyclops and Wolverine save the X-Men. Yeah, I think that's all he wanted to tell, which is fair. Um, and obviously he's going to get Havoc in it, continue his astonishing run. Right. Um, which is fine. That's cool. But like George said, it's like 10 issues, man. 10 Ten issues. <laughs> this is nothing you want to tell them. Why do we do this for? From the events. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey. it's true. That's what it was for. Money. It was just for sales. It was. That's all it was for. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, when y'all want to grade Uncanny X Men, and then we'll talk about uh, the annual for a second. Two one one, actually two zero one, because isn't nine oh, wow. one where the ninth yeah. one where where Anul's like, oh, it's all me, it's okay, I'm Edward. Yeah. Right. Yeah, two two, because that's that makes it un- irredeemable in my eye, my eyes. So call me biased, but um, <laughs> it's kind of offensive, immensely offensive. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, well, speaking of that, there's no way to ask this without me. Well, first of all, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll save this. I have a question that I want to come back to. That's going to make me sound like an idiot. But um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go straight twos. I I could probably pick out a one out of some of that if I cared enough to. But I'm just going to I'm just going to call it twos and call it a day. Yeah, I think I'll go two one one. Uh, I mean, I, the, the two is just because Silva's artwork is slightly better than the others, but right. I'm, like these these issues just suck the life out of me. Fair enough. So, I don't even really know how to ask this. Because um, I, I hate X-Men. I didn't like him coming in. This didn't change my mind. If anything, it made me like him less. I already did, which is a low bar. But also, as an ally, um, I heard a lot of stuff recently that I didn't know about. So is is X Men like a LB LBGQT like like hero? Um, I don't think so. But he's been in this series. He's been codified as such. Okay. Like, and, it, and that's a lot of people that have been talking about the way he has been codified and the rainbow that he produces at the end. Okay. It's kind of like a, okay, what does this mean? Because um, he wears, like, obviously he's Jesus. Right. Um, that's the obvious visual cue. But um, a lot of people have seen the way he's dressed and, like, with the almost with the idea that he possesses a woman as well at the beginning. There's like a weird sort of, well, is this just a comment on people who want... Is this a comment on, like, an extreme social justice warrior that wants, like, a beautiful world, but to get it, he has to murder a shit ton of people? Um, and that's the only way. So no side is, is right. Just just apathy is the best course <laughs> of action. Um, and Yeesh. I get... I, I, think, I think people 
I, I, the motivations I understand where he could be considered a street as extreme form of like what we uh, would fight for. Or, um, okay. But I don't really buy just... into him being. But then he does a rainbow, and I was like, of all the things you could put as what like him summoning his energy, why the fuck have you put like a really and oddly like digitally inserted into the comic book rainbow, like it's been done in MS Paint sort of rainbow. Right. I was like, why is that there? Like, what does that mean? Well, it can also. I mean, I I get the obviously the the modern day kind of pride collection connection, but it can also be you know he's about to destroy the world. You know, like Noah's flood and the rainbow is the promise of something better to come. So maybe he's saying my new world is going to be better. You know, I don't. I didn't. I wasn't sure if it was like a more modern connotation or like a an extra biblical connotation. I didn't really know what to make of the rainbow myself either. But I just I was kind of surprised to to hear that you know he was fairly well supported and liked. Um, and I just wondered if I missed something about the character that made him maybe a little bit more appealing. But I just was I didn't know. My history on him is not enough. I didn't think a lot of people like his book ran for what seventy five issues, yeah. So, and then Warren Ellis killed it like he did Generation X and um, X Four. <laughs> um, but like, I, I don't I don't remember him being like a massive thing. I remember them trying to make him a massive thing, right? But like, yeah, he was never giant. I remember <laughs> um, he came back in New Mutants, didn't he? In Zeb Wells, Zeb, no, the, Abbott. Abner and Lam- Lanning's um, New Mutants. He came back in that. I remember that, but I don't remember him being like everyone. Be like, oh my god, X Men's back! Like they are now. Right. <laughs> I don't think anyone even noticed you returned. In fact. <laughs> okay, I was just curious. I I had seen some articles and some stuff on Twitter that kind of just I wasn't aware existed. So I just kind of wanted to see if y'all knew anything about it. But... I think it's because the writers of this book have been unkind to specific groups of people mm-hmm. so maybe they're seeing more that's, than's there i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt when it comes to x-man and he's not like a, a glaring commentary on all of the lgbtq community right. <laughs> like, and i just i just give them i'm going to give them a the benefit of the doubt because if not i'll just get depressed and sad right. that the x office is run by mentalists but they do want to kill children so <laughs> well, then you don't have to write about him if you kill him off. <laughs> it's a kindness to him, actually. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of, of characters everybody loves, um, Cyclops comes back in Uncanny X-Men Annual 1. We find out why. This is uh, written by Ed Brisson, art by Carlos Gomez, which I actually enjoyed his art a little bit. I don't, I'm not real familiar with him. Um Colors by Guru Effects, letters by VC's Joe Caramania, and the regular cover was by Salvador LaRocca and Rochelle Rosenberg, which had all of the different Cyclops climbing on each other. I actually purchased the uh, variant cover by Edward Petrovic, which is a really cool Cyclops in a bomber jacket um, with a nice, like, uh, optic kind of spread coming out of his visor. Um, if you all get a chance to Google that, I would recommend it. It's a really nice cover. Um, what y'all what y'all think of the main cover with the uh, all the all the cyclopses? This doesn't feel like the worker. I thought this was um, Carlos uh, Pacheco. Yeah, yeah, the one that's actually doing the series. I did not know this is the worker. This doesn't look much like his work. Okay. It looks fairly similar to what he's been doing in Star Wars. I think his his style has morphed a little bit. I keep thinking of the really beautiful and clean work that he did in uh, Iron Man with Mark Action. Yeah, yeah, that was good stuff. So um, Cyclops blasts his way out of the grave, <laughs> and then we get a flashback of when he saved a, a scientist from a guy with a robot helmet. And then we find out that Kid Cable's plan all along was he takes a busted up Phoenix cage from the Avengers book, gives it to the scientist and tells him you got two years to fix it and make it smaller. 
they he does and when cyclops dies from the terrigen mist they put it in his heart and then i guess i completely miss that in return to jean gray when jean was tempted with cyclops and that was actually a physical resurrection of cyclops i had no idea um but anyway when that happens the phoenix power sparks this like phoenix like uh defibrillator that he has and so he blasts his way out of the out of the, the grave and he meets his younger kid cable son and who kidnaps him basically and then sets up this kind of Sophie's choice where the either has to go save try to save the uncanny X-Men weekly series, which is impossible, or he can save the scientist that saved him before. And he chooses the scientist, and then he goes and talks about how he hates beaches, and then he says, okay, let's go save the X-Men. The end. Mm-hmm. See, right. We may disagree, but I actually liked it. Because it has a beginning, middle, and an end. <laughs> and it is the best thing that Rosenberg has written in a this long time. This is not time. Rosenberg, this is only Brisson. Is this Brisson? Yeah, yeah, just Brisson. Well, that, that just changes everything then. Um, I mean, I'm less impressed because Brisson, <laughs> I used to like. I used to like Brisson before I started writing X-Books. So um, this, this feels, yeah, that makes even more sense now. But yeah, I actually quite liked some of it. I think there's some moments that feel very editorial-based, like we must slag off Emma Frost. We must remind everyone that Cyclops was evil, even though it was a stupid idea. But there was like a few meta ideas of like, this is silly. Um, <laughs> why did he die by mist? Um, sort yeah. of stuff. And I thought, I thought some of the like meta commentary worked. I think it's a little, um, some parts of it sort of don't really, don't quite land. But I quite. In- enjoyed him being resurrected and I thought it was a clever idea even though I didn't realise that was a physical manifestation of Cyclops either it was and something that we discussed like is it really him or was it just the phoenix like we weren't sure at the time and we're back <laughs> <laughs> okay so we had some technical difficulties guys I apologise but uh, Georgie you were mentioning that even during the resurrection of Jean Grey it was pretty unclear whether it was really Cyclops or not, but I guess that this this solves that question. And Dan, you were saying you thought it at least was a kind of a cool idea to use the Phoenix Cage and or Phoenix Seed or whatever it was. Because it, 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 it has that... Um, I'm not going to be like, oh, it's like the greatest idea ever, ever made. But it felt not original, but different. Yeah, um, no, I, I thought it worked. For seeing a lot, we've seen a lot of rehash, and this is like a rehash of what the Phoenix can do, but in a very different way. Um, and I, I appreciate that it wasn't just let's just tell a story from 1997 of when so and so was resurrected, and we'll do it exactly the same like we do in Uncanny normally. Right. Um, so I appreciated the originality, yeah. It. it was a nice little, little twist on the way to use the Phoenix Force, I appreciated that. I, yeah, I don't get Kid Cable. I don't. I just don't understand what he's trying to do. I mean, like, I get I feel, him. I get him saving his dad. Like, that part makes sense. But you know how this kind of plays into what he did in extermination, or or why he makes his dad choose like that. It just seems like kind of a. I mean, I guess it fits with like original Cable, just kind of being a stubborn hard ass, but. I don't know. No, he's Damien. He's Damien Wayne now. That's what he is. Oh. <laughs> um, he does have the hood. does feel my, that way, my yeah. Biggest, my biggest question, because it's not a hope of mine, because it'll be ignored, is I was kind of thinking to myself, when Cyclops says, oh, I remember everything that's happened to me because I've gone back in time, blah, blah, blah. Um, I wonder if he's going to be like, oh, I'll go talk to my champions, buddies. Maybe I'll go to that team because the X-Men are failures and hate me. Um, oh. And so you've got like this 30-year-old Cyclops running around with Miss Marvel. That would, that, that would be that odd. Would be really <laughs> fun. I would totally buy that book. Because <laughs> that would be kind of cool, but we'll never yeah. see it. We'll you can be, be the champion's dad. <laughs> We'd nev- we'll never see those characters interact in any way or meaningful way ever again, unless it's done by um, uh, Zub. Because um, 
I feel like the X-Men aren't allowed to go and talk to the other parts of Marvel anymore. I think they've been chastised back yeah. into the cage. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, I mean, I think there are good parts to this. There's some confusing kind of muddy parts of this as well. Um, but mostly just on the kid cable side. I think I like Cyclops saying, like, hey, you can't keep me here forever. Like, you know, I'm back for a reason. I got to go go be Cyclops. Mm-hmm. I like that he mellows out a little bit. Even if it does kind of, they do. You talk about the kind of the meta-textual stuff, Georgie. They definitely take a slam at saying, just forget everything Bendis did um, with Cyclops. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, even gotta, before that, it's more like even stuff that, that uh, Gillen was doing was like, hey, wait a second. Right. We're not doing any of that anymore. Let's, that yeah. was all bad. And they don't really explain it this way, but it does make sense that if he gained the memories of his younger self, because that version of Cyclops is really cool. And so if he if he's like, okay, well, I'm going to act more like that because that's who I am now, and that makes sense. But I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 glad he's back. I hope he's a, a decent dude this time around. Um, Nothing he wasn't before, but you know what I mean. Um, I'm interested to see him and Wolverine are at again, kind of re- revive that old tete-a-tete. Um, but the story itself was was fine. Um, what do you guys think of the art? I'm not. Re- do y'all know this guy, this Carlos Gomez guy? No, I can't. No. Do. Okay, and that was pretty. It was it was fair to good. I, I enjoyed the like the flashback pages more than anything. I think. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's I, I'm not really certain what got cut off, but the the other artwork feels a little bit uh, too shiny for me, a little bit kind of plasticky. Oh. Okay, I you can really see that when they do the uncanny recap. It definitely shows there. I think that the color like scheme changes, maybe to try to match what we saw on the pages of Uncanny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can see that. I think it's a fair point. Okay. Well, what do y'all want to give Cyclops annual number one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it free because I enjoyed it. I, f- yeah. I think it was a palate cleanser after everything that had just transpired. Yes. yes, I would definitely agree with that. And I'm, I'm right there with you. Three out of six claws for me. Yeah, the same here. It's an average story, which compared to what we just read, feels like so much more. <laughs> yeah. So, um, normally, when we're talking about the X books for a given month, we usually <laughs> the uh, the pessimistic, uh, not great on the team book, but love the solo books. I gotta say, for January, didn't really love the solo books either. Um, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. X number seven, Iceman number five, and was it Domino number eleven, nine? What number was Domino? I forget. Um, I'm scrolling through. One sec. And I'll, I'll check my old, my old comics app. Domino number ten. Ten. Okay. Yeah, because eleven is the last one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, all these kind of felt, I don't know, unsatisfying. Um, the Mr. and Mrs. X, I still love the art. But you, you know what? You guys know I'm not a huge Mojo fan. Um, yeah. I did, though, like his will of genre. I thought that was a really clever addition to the Mojo um, mythology by Thompson. Um, unless it's been done before, and then I just like that it came back. I don't know. Um, and I still like the interaction, like the interplay between Gambit and Rogue, but there's this one part where he talks about... I don't know. I This issue cannot go on indefinitely with them being, okay, now we're married, but are we going to stay together? Because there's a part where Gambit's like, you keep pushing away, I may not come back. I'm like, we shouldn't if your marriage probably be past that part, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was fine. Any particular thoughts on on that one? Um, I think for me, it's kind of running out of steam. 
Um, yeah, something needs to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think merger is like the the inevitable brick wall, and you can't you, you can't you can't either survive the crash or is left behind. <laughs> um, I think that's how I think that's how Mojo works. Yeah. You know, to be honest, it's this and Domino where Mojo has kind of come in and sort of derailed the fun that I was having with both of those. Yeah. Books. Domino yep. felt really flat, and you can blame that on a long shot. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, yeah, Domino is not as uh, like my least favorite issue of the run so far. Um, it doesn't help that the Domino art team has has they've had some additions. I don't know if if uh, I think Valdion has been working on the upcoming right. mini, so so he's had not as much time to spend on on the main book. Exactly. Um, yeah, so it was kind of a let down, and even Iceman was kind of unsatisfying end of this this volume. I didn't, you know, I, at first I thought, well, okay, this volume I didn't like because of the art, and that's definitely true. But I also feel like it just wasn't as risky, maybe is the right word, as the first volume. Um, mm-hmm. I did, so I guess I completely missed that that shade character was a drag queen. I thought she was just a mannish girl. Do they do they specify it anywhere? Because Twitter was like, "Oh, cool, first X Men drag queen," which is cool. I just didn't catch it. I don't think they specify it. I think okay. it's just implied, implied in her drag. That, that's fine. Girl. I think she's a cool character, or he's a cool character. I just I complete. Maybe I also wasn't reading super close, so I may have just skimmed over it. Um, I feel I feel like it just it just ended like it was just like meh yeah um, yeah which is a shame because the other one was so personal and this one felt I don't know what this was it was like someone had obviously said somewhere make it a comic book we can't have real emotions <laughs> um, and I feel that that shows a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad because I agree with you. the The first Iceman volume was one of the highlights of last year, and this this book was just kind of fine. I mean, it had a few cool moments, but and it doesn't help that I just don't care for the art at all. But yeah, for me, it's almost a non-starter with that artwork. I can't. I, I like every new the new issue comes out. Like, all right, I'm going to give another go. I get a couple pages in and I go, nope, I can't deal with this. <laughs> yeah, all right, well, so we're a bunch of Debbie Downers this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure things will get better. I mean, there are, there are other good... Um, so we could talk about that uh, the Domino's ending, but she's getting that, that miniseries that's coming up. What's it yeah, called? Hot Shots? Uh, Hot shots, yeah. So maybe that could be nice. Yeah. Um, what what else is happening in the X universe? Man, uh, just Age of X Men. Yeah. Some of that artwork looks nice from Age of X Men. It does. It does. Is that? I I won't say no to a Nightcrawler comic, no matter where it's set. <laughs> um, I'll give it a go. Yeah. In, in in my personal happy news, I'm kind of glad uh, Uncanny's over so that Thompson can, you know, I don't even know how much she was really utilized in these last issues because I didn't feel her voice at all. I didn't but... either. No, I did not at all. Because I felt like like the first seven, I can, I'm, I'm not, not trying to say like I know what's going on, but I felt like there were times that I could point to certain lines or certain scenes like that feels like Thompson um and I didn't get any of that in the last three issues but uh at least now we have some some nice Thompson stuff uh Jessica Jones is back up and and that's great yeah yeah West Coast Avengers is still so awesome but um yeah so Cool. Well, um, I don't know. I'll kind of keep an eye on release schedule. I don't know if the new Uncanny is it going to run concurrently to Age of X Men, or is everything taking a break till Age of X Men is over? I can't imagine that it would. So, 
we'll kind of figure out when stuff comes out and we'll, we'll set up some time to record again. But, um, sorry, these, epi- these issues are all kind of lame, but thank you guys for coming on anyway. <laughs> no problem. Or <laughs> slugging through it with me, but, um, cool. Well, guys, where can people find you, um, elsewhere? You can find us on the podcast, Excalibros one on Twitter. And you can go to most listening devices or listening app platforms and find us by just typing in Excalibros. So easy peasy. Very cool. And you guys just actually had one of the creatives from the new Exiles book on. So everyone should go listen to that because that's pretty rad. Yeah, we were lucky enough to get uh, the inker Alvaro Lopez on, and it was it was just amazing. Uh, he was yeah. he was great. We got to talk about not just uh, Exiles, but um, his his earlier stuff. Like he did a Dragon Ball parody to start off. <laughs> his first uh, big work was uh, Batgirl. Um, I almost want to say season one, but yeah, year, year one. one. Yeah, yeah, and his his work with Marcos Martin. So it was it was a lot of fun. Very cool. I'm about halfway through that episode. I would highly recommend it to our listeners. So um hope to finish that up on the way to work next time. But um yeah, so definitely go check out Excalibros for that episode and all their other great episodes. And of course for the podcast it goes Snicked. Twitter's at Snickcast. Um show notes and stuff are at snickcast.podbean.com. And we're just going to cross our, our fingers and our toes and our claws for some better comics the next go around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so thank you guys again. And until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And snacked. <laughs>